Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to The Hotbed, the podcast brought to you by The Hotbed Collective. We are a merry band of women, hell-bent on making the world a better place, one orgasm at a time. I'm Lisa Williams, and this is... Karen Arthur. Karen Arthur? Sending shockwaves throughout the Hotbed (laughs) listener community, because Karen Arthur is making history today as our very first co-host, who is not Anarchy Somerville, Lisa Williams, or Cherry Healy. I'm definitely not. No, definitely not. So we've got a new person, everybody. Karen's, Karen's in today to talk to me um, because we are talking about the menopause and generally being too old for this shit. So hi, Karen. <laughs> hi. hi, Lisa. Karen is someone that I met through Instagram, through friends on Instagram, panel events, the whole shebang. She is a teacher, a tailor, and... <laughs> The, 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 found, the founder of a movement called Where You're Happy, which is pretty awesome. Can you explain a little bit about what you do? Gosh, gosh, what do I do? Um, <laughs> I'm at that, st- you know, it's funny. <laughs> you said Instagram, but I'm at that stage in Instagram. You know, and you've done so many posts and then you've got loads of new followers and then it's that sit down and, you know, post a picture and do what, you know, yeah. explain yourself. Hi, new followers. And it's like, Here's oh, a bit about God, me. What do I do? Because I do a lot. So I'm a fashion designer, first and foremost. I was a teacher for 28 years. Um, I am a sewing tutor. I go to people's homes and teach them to fall in love with their sewing machine. I am a speaker. I talk about the links between fashion and mental well-being. I, uh, I, I guess I founded Where You're Happy. There's a little bit of me, you know, where we're going there with imposter syndrome. But yeah, uh, where you're happy, which is about making conscious clothing choices to lift your mood. And I live by it and it works. I bang on about menopause. I'm a writer. Uh, I have a fairly well read blog. And is that it? What else do we want? I'm not waiting for any more. You do so much. Now, what we did at the beginning of the um, series is that we would always introduce ourselves and talk about what we were wearing, but we were never very serious in what we said. So we would always pretended we were wearing fetish gear or whatever. But <laughs> And then we had to stop because people were like, we didn't understand. Were you actually wearing those nipple tassels or were you not? I love of course, that. the whole thing was a joke. But I do want to ask you to describe to listeners what you are wearing because um, oh, wow. you're wearing your happy. I am totally wearing my happy. And this is the thing. Um, 
I get up in, this is what I do. So I get up in the morning and I decide how I want to feel. I've got a bit of a cold, so, and it's taking its time leaving. I thought it'd go on, it's, you know, a bit of a yo-yo cold. And uh, I was excited to um, see Lisa. So I have on, I want. I went for comfort and I went for vibrance. Uh, so I'm wearing a pair of, what are these? Khaki, uh, camouflage, sorry, trousers with a pink and orange Ankara fabric stripe down the side. They're very comfortable. I am wearing a bright pink uh T-shirt with where you're happy across it. I'm wearing some, I don't know what to call this. I think it's called a dicky. <laughs> very hot um, bed. I think it's called a dicky. So it's, I cut up a shirt and it's, I cut the front out of the shirt and this is the bit that isn't the shirt. That makes <laughs> sense. And I, yeah, we'll have to take a picture. Anyway, <laughs> that. And I'm wearing neon uh, Adidas trainers and Lovely, bright, uh, yellow, glittery socks that remind me of my aunt because I bought them when I was on holiday with her. And an orange cardigan that I got for a ridiculous price in anthropology sale 100 years ago, um, which I love to bits. I'm wearing everything I'm wearing and my hair's in Mickey Mouse bunches. And of course, the glasses. The glasses, (laughs) which are the cat eye specs. That I love. It was once my username. I was on a forum called Drowned in Sound for music oh, and gigs okay. and things. And okay. my I was Cat Eye Specs because I used to wear them too, but I haven't worn them for That's a while. That's how we, you know. I know exactly. It's the Cat Eye Specs sort of gang. <laughs> you know, like if people have vintage cars and they drive past each other, they give each other a little, yes, a little wave. Yeah. That's the, the cat eye specs. That's the one. Glint. We've got it. <laughs> so I wanted to talk. To, I always love talking to Karen. Um, but when I was thinking, oh, you know, menopause, I was like, yes, this is the reason to talk to her because me- menopause isn't really on my radar. And I feel bad now because having done the hotbed, I've learned loads more about it. Don't feel bad. Before feel that, bad. I literally knew nothing. And my mum, and I'm really close to my mum, just went through it without a word to me. Yeah, she may have talked about a hot, hot flash once or twice. Yeah. And that was it. And so you've talked about it because you you've said that you do meetups for your midlife women so can you talk a little bit about why you did that and what they are well god where do I start okay so I was aware that I was going through menopause probably when I was started perimenopause which I didn't even know was a thing no no not many Um, people do I've said I was a teacher and um I became I ended up leaving teaching because I hit a point where um, I wasn't remembering things. There were lots of things that were happen that in, si- in hindsight, sight hind, hindsight, <laughs> uh, I now realise were the start of menopause. But I was also agno- um, diagnosed with anxiety and depression. So when I went to the doctors, I was kind of, that was my priority. Mm. I didn't realise that these could all be linked. So... Um, for example, I was having hot flushes. I'd been having hot flushes for about six months. I'd got a new boiler and I was convinced that my boiler was broken. And I would, this is awful for the environment, but I would open the window. I'd have the heating on, but open the windows really wide <laughs> yeah. and make a note to go and call British Gas and get them round and give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> uh, and then it was a few months later, I thought, oh, right. <laughs> so I was, I have 
you know, my women friends, I have a small circle of women friends, and it occurred to me, once I worked out what was going on, it occurred to me that I, wasn't the only, I wouldn't be the only person going through this. And so I emailed a few friends and, you know, said, listen, I'm going through menopause and I think you might be doing the same thing. Why don't we, no one's talking about it. Why don't we, why don't you come around? We'll have a chat. I'll make you some food. I never make food. Big fat deal. <laughs> and uh, and um, we'll just chat, basically. And I called it um, self-care for midlife goddesses. Mm. So one Sunday in 2017, I want to say, but it's probably 18, um, I gathered my friends and we sat around my kitchen table. And because I'm a teacher, I did a worksheet because, hey, worksheets oh, are life. Woman after and my own heart. Me right, and my clipboard, you and I your worksheet. Know, a little tick. And I gave everybody pens and we oh. all had a drink. Um, and I asked them to go around the table saying one thing they loved about getting older mm-hmm. and one thing they hated about getting older. And obviously the hated bit was list was longer. And it was liberating there's something about gathering women together anyway I am a gatherer I realize I'm going to own that I'm a Mm. gatherer of Mm. uh, like-minded people whether it's where you're happy whether it's creating a community whether it's craft whatever and this is just one more thing and I didn't want to shut up about it I didn't want to be quiet and Mm. I I knew that I wasn't the only one and also I've suffered from loneliness in the past and I I guess part of the loneliness is around thinking that you're the person who's going mad and it's just you. I thought, that can't be right. So the best bit about that day was somebody saying, oh, my God, I wake up and my sheets are drenched, Mm. I have night sweats, and somebody else going, oh, my God, that's me too. Or somebody saying, I feel like I'm 80, my joints ache, Um, I use this supplement, I'm going to see how it goes, Mm -hmm. and then showing everybody. Um... And it was that uh, exchanging of symptoms and ideas and support mm. that we actually felt held. Mm. And um, like we're not alone. Mm. Menopause is in, can be incredibly isolating mm. because there's that thing with women and it's changing and I do understand that. But there is that thing around them. Um, the Brexit effect in London, in that, bear with me, this will make sense, where <laughs> you think that everybody's on the same page because all your friends think the same, and then you wake up one morning and you're leaving the EU. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, So yeah. I'm aware that I follow a lot of people who talk about menopause, and I bang on about menopause, and so I, those people are drawn to me, but that doesn't necessarily mean that things are changing. So I've got my head on there, but I think that more people are talking about menopause and more... People who aren't women, I mean, are talking yeah. about menopause. But we, the reason people, women are scared of it, it, the big, you know, capital I. The change. The change is because they don't know enough. Right. And I, I, anybody who's listening to this, honestly, yes, menopause is scary. And I, I suppose because I was in it when I realised I was going through it, it wasn't as scary. Yeah. I find it fascinating. I'm fascinated by the things that are changing the thing the symptoms that appear oh i can't do that anymore right or oh maybe i shouldn't drink three rums on a tuesday night you know i don't do that anyway but you know um and and being aware of the changing in my body but i'm also finding it and have found it incredibly liberating because i just don't 
give a shit. Yeah, so <laughs> this is what I'm very interested in about because you do hear all the terrible stuff, don't you? And, you know, I speak to Dr. Philippa Kay later and you'll all hear it. Um, but it's funny how she talks because she will list all of the side effects very, very quickly, osteoporosis. Da, da, da. Mm. And it's all bloody, sounds really scary. And I, I the, the thing I can compare it to is before I started my period, there was this sense of anticipation. Um, and at our school, we had this lovely tampon. She's called the Tampax Lady. Wicked. And Good goes name. around schools and talks about Tampax, but periods. And obviously, mm. it's a big branding exercise in corporate and whatever. But actually, she was really funny and lovely and warm. And she made it seem like we all got given a little period book and a little thing to keep our tampons in, a little starter kit. And actually, I felt excited mm. I wanted to start my period. I didn't realize all the cramps and the moods. It, for me, it felt like a change that would happen that would be a positive thing. Don't have that with the menopause. Yeah, but you don't have it because it's the other end of the spectrum, isn't it? Yeah. You don't, you know, first of all, that's amazing what you just said, the Tampax lady. I hope she had a cape with the Tampax lady on the back of it. It's she needs one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should make her one. Um, when I was at school... <laughs> You talk about periods. What? Really? Um, So when I had my period, um, I, yeah, it was was scary. I knew I was kind of a woman and I knew it meant I could get pregnant, but it was actually quite shameful as well. Yeah. But it's the beginning of womanhood. Menopause, people don't want to talk about it because it's the end. It feels Mm. like, sorry, the end of something. Mm. No, it's not the end of something. Because society tells us we have to look a certain way and be a certain way as women, because we have to be sexy, fertile, pouty, tits and ass, whatever, whatever, mm. um, menopause kind of brings that to a look in a certain way, mm. to a kind of standstill. You move into something else. Yes, your body changes. But because we aren't taught to fall in love with our bodies with all the stuff that comes with it, wobbly or otherwise, um, changing can be hard. I spent two years, I don't dye my hair, and I spent two years deciding not to dye it. It took me two years to come to that decision. I was worried about uh, being unsexy, undesirable, I'm single, being undesirable, um, looking old, uh, which was a terrible thing to, to do, you know, look old. Ooh, great. I was worried about all that kind of stuff. And then I have uh, long locks and dyeing our hair is long. It's it's a day, mm. it, you know, and I just got tired. Wash it, you know, it takes long enough to wash it without also dyeing it. And it was like this long process. Mm. Um, and I one day I got up and I thought, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. And I would watch... This is something you can't unsee once you realise. Watch um, adverts for dye, women's hair dyes. They don't call them dye, they call it something else. Colourants, hair colour. And they tell you that uh, colouring your hair will make you, will reveal your true self. And I'd sit there looking at the TV going, but wait, this is my true self. Surely my grey hair is my true self. So I, I was like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not, I'm not. And of course, I stopped dyeing my hair. And then I get people messaging me, talk, women talking to me when I'm out. You're so brave. I'm not slaying dragons, love. I'm just not picking up a box of colorant. That's <laughs> it. You know, but it's it's seen as this. When women decide to be themselves, suddenly we're brave. Yeah. And we're, rebe- we're, you know, the rebel in us kind of steps up 
Mm. But I'm absolutely here for it, and I'm here for it because I have two daughters mm -hmm. who watch my every move. Mm -hmm. No matter what I say, if I'm not doing it as well, they're not going to follow my lead. See, I'm you 38, know. and I am too old to wear high heels. I That's exactly <laughs> like your thing about the hair dyeing. I don't dye my hair because, not out of being brave, but because I literally, I can't be bothered. It's long. My, hair, my sister did it for me once about a year and a half ago and we watched TV and she gave me a glass of Lambrini. It was really fun. But until <laughs> I've got my... Lambrini's the best. I know, right? I was like, until I've got my sister and Lambrini in my hand, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. It's just, there's better ways to spend my time. And this is the thing. It's about what you spend your time on. Mm. Spending your time on the stuff that brings you joy. I will no longer do things that I don't enjoy. Mm. And that takes some effort. And it also takes a mindset because obviously I do housework and I don't enjoy that, but I'm present for it. Mm. And it's a means to an end kind mm, of mm, thing. Mm. Plus, I love the way the house looks when it's done. Oh, yeah. Bliss. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But I, I think that I'm with you on the heels thing. If needs be, if I feel like, I think I wore some wedges out the other day because I just felt like it. They're gold, to be fair. They sound good. So on that note, we're going to talk to uh, Dr. Philippa Kay. I spoke to her about her book, The M Word. Uh, she is a GP specialising in women's health and children's health and reproductive health. She writes for newspapers. She's often on the telly and um, she knows her stuff. So we are gonna, I'm going to talk to her about some nuts and bolts of what's the perimenopause, what's the difference between the perimenopause and the menopause and what kind of help women can get. Here she is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a sponsored post. This is a sponsored, sponsored post. We are so lucky to have Moon Cup, the original tried and tested menstrual cup sponsoring this series of the hotbed thank you moon cup Mwah. we love you well rather i love you anarchy i'm i need to convince you don't i what what can i say to bring you around to my side Woo. 
I don't know. I've been seeing this big moon cup thing all over the place. You know, lots of people talking about it. I've been out at clubs. People are talking about it. I've been at dinner parties. I've been outside the school gates. Everyone's talking about it. And you know me, I like to be a little bit cynical about these things. I'm probably a bit of a late adopter. And uh, I had a few reservations, just to put it that way. Because you'll save loads of tampons and towels going into the waste stream. Mm, I guess so. It's true. Um But I have a few little questions and I guess one of them was they just don't look very comfortable to me. And as someone who's kind of all about the comfort, the dungarees, the large pants that come up right under my nipples, this moon cup thing, I'm just not sure that it's going to be comfy to wear. I find it quite comfy and always have. I just stick it up there and forget about it until it's time to empty it. And I've always found it really, really comfy and unobtrusive. Once you've got used to the idea of sticking something up your vagina um, and then hoiking and taking it out again. It's really very comfy. I could windsurf, I could ski, I could cycle, I could do all of these things. I mean, I don't. I sit and listen to podcasts and get angry, but, you know, that's beside the point. Could you wear very tight white underpants and jump out of a helicopter? Yep, actually, I do find that there's no leakage at all, whereas I find that with tampons, I find that I always would get blood down one side and then it would leak and I'd take it out and then there would be no blood on the other side of it, which is just bizarre. Um, but with Moon Cup, it just collects the blood. And personally, I've never had an issue with leaking. So white pants. Yeah, bring it on. White pants, white flares. White pants, yeah. white pants. All right. So you're saying it doesn't, it's comfy. Um, you can wear white pants. It's good for the environment. You're making it quite hard for me to sort of argue against using it. I'm getting quite fed up here because I can't really find any other reason why I wouldn't be using this thing. Well, head to mooncup.co.uk, use the code HOTBED and you'll get 10% off, which brings each cup to less than 20 quid. Give it a go. Go on. End of the sponsored post. So Dr. Philippa Kay, first of all, I want to thank you because uh, I, me and the hotbed are aged in our 30s and 40s. We're not quite at the menopause yet. Um, but what we have loved watching in the last sort of couple of years is seeing all these wonderful, sexy, outspoken, confident women blazing a trail for us when it comes to the menopause. So we've got you, we've got Zoe Ball, we've got Karen Arthur, we've got Meg Matthews, and it just feels as if something's changing. So thank you. Thank you for including me in in that group of great women. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think something is changing when it comes to talking about the menopause and being open about it? I would hope so. And I think that in certain groups and in certain demographic groups, Yes, but I think in general, from what I see with my patients, there is still so much more education and raising awareness that we need to do because I am faced with women day in, day out that don't realise that their symptoms could be related to the menopause, that are putting up with bad sex or painful sex or no sex. and that actually we can do so much for so many of these issues and I think that there is still a lot more work to be done. So we're living a third of our lives in this postmenopausal state and we need to be informed about it so that we can thrive and think of it as a new opportunity to take stock and continue and do whatever it is that we want to do potentially free from the burdens of menstruating. This is where your book comes in conveniently. What made you want to write a book um, about the menopause and what sort of stance would you describe that you've taken? 
So I wanted to write the book because, as I said, I saw women every day coming in um, with symptoms related to the menopause, not being aware that it's related to the menopause. People, everybody I ever met or spoke to was against HRT. Um, uh, they'd heard in the media that it was a terrible thing, that it, they were definitely going to get breast cancer, they were definitely going to die. Um, and essentially I saw a lot of, I still see, a lot of suffering. Women that think that they've got the early onset dementia because they've got difficulties with memory and concentration. Um, and I thought, well, there's a gap out there. And when I went to have a look at the other books, the other books are very much focused on non-medicated, non-hormonal treatments, how to do this the natural way. Natural doesn't always mean safe. So the fact that something is natural, if it's got something in it that's going to work, then potentially there's risks there as well. So we got aspirin from willow bark and digoxin from foxgloves or whatever else, and even HRT from yams. Um, and so if something is natural, doesn't mean that it's necessarily safe. But also for many women, that's not enough or to put all the onus on them and therefore the blame on them if they're not managing is not enough. Um, and so I take a very evidence-based medicine approach. If there's evidence that it works, we'll talk about it. If there isn't evidence that it works, but it's not going to cause you any harm, you can afford it, it's not going to interact with anything else, then sure, have a go. But women need to be empowered to make their own choices about risks and benefits of medication, um, or even just to know this is why this is happening to you. And just having the acceptance, the knowledge of why, often will lead to a really much greater acceptance. What I also loved about your book was, well, two things, I mean, lots of things, but I'll just mention <laughs> two now. So one thing was, it's um, obviously you are a GP and you're used to talking to patients in a way that they understand. And I really liked the fact that essentially the book is, if you were a patient and wanted to see your GP about the menopause, they wouldn't have time to go through everything in such detail. And so, and yet it feels like that kind of consultation where, you know, with a good doctor where they go through the pros and the cons and then, you know, give you suggestions on Thank you. Lifestyle. So I think the skill of general practice is not just knowing a bit of everything, which is sort of the medical knowledge bit, but being able to translate what I call medicalese into English mm. that patients can understand. And I really hope that that's what we have done in the book. But also... Um, just as you might read this after you've been diagnosed or after you sort of might be starting treatment or considering. But actually, what I would really love for you to do is take this book to your mate and your sister and everybody else. And so that before it happens, you know, and that you can go into your GP and say, I've read this. What do you think? And as a GP, I never mind when people come to me with bits of Google printed out and bits of newspaper cuttings. And sometimes I say, do you know what? That's not a reputable source. I would prefer that you looked at the NHS website website or patient.co.uk um, you know and there isn't evidence for whatever it is you're showing me but sometimes patients are experts um, especially if they're talking about something that's rare the menopause of course isn't rare but often patients know themselves far better than we do as mm. doctors the other thing that I think is interesting from that point of view is you list all of the possible symptoms um, doesn't mean you're going to get them all don't read it with dread well no exactly <laughs> and I mean it's it's hell some of it I mean it sounds awful and first of all my, I feel as if the older generation of women just so sort of stoically kind of put up with it. And there was a really sad story in there about someone who I think went through perhaps an early menopause. And she was saying that when her mum went through the same, she was told, you're feeling sad because it's empty nest yeah. syndrome. And I can just imagine that across the board that women, first of all, didn't have a voice for their suffering. Um, and if they did ever raise their voice, it would be 
dismissed in a way and I I feel as if this new lot are kind of going I'm too old for this shit let's talk about it and get (laughs) some solutions so I think the psychological symptoms of the menopause were definitely written off as empty nest syndrome um and that just isn't true um and I think that women we might have seen our mothers hanging their heads out the window or fighting with our fathers about you know the heating on the heating off the duvet on the duvet off but actually there wasn't a discussion around everything else that comes with the menopause and there most certainly wasn't a discussion about things like sex and incontinence um, and things that are considered to be embarrassing that your doctor won't consider to be embarrassing um, but that women did and I think that as women we spend so much of our time and our lives going to the doctors for just being women not for being unwell because you've got your periods and you've got a painful period or a heavy period and then you you know sexual health checkup and contraception and then trying to get pregnant and then you take your baby along to the doctor and so as a woman you're going to the doctor all the time just because you're female and then why would you stop when it's related to the menopause? But there seems to be this, oh, now I have to put up with this. And you don't. People often say to people, when's the right time to come? When you, when you can't cope? Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're suffering? When you're miserable? Come, come now. I don't care if you've got periods. If you haven't got periods, if your periods are regular or irregular, people often think, oh, I have to wait until my periods have stopped. No, you don't. You can have symptoms for many, many years before the menopause. So the menopause is the last period. It's a diagnosis of retrospect. That means that I can't say that you've been through the menopause until you haven't had a period for a year. Mm-hmm. But just as puberty took you about 10 years, so will the menopause. And the perimenopause is a period of time before your last period where you may have symptoms. And those symptoms can include changes to your period. Some people's periods will go quietly. Other people's periods will rage against the dying of the light and become more and more frequent and heavier and heavier. And whether or not you have periods, I can still treat you. See, as women are having children older, we have found that our hormones are all over the place and then there must be a weird conflation between the hormonal changes that you have after having a child and little bits of perimenopause is that becoming common now that women are just sort of slightly all over the place hormonally and (laughs) and maybe blaming perimenopause when it could in fact be postnatal um and vice versa so you can get pregnant all the way up until menopause. That's the important to say. And I think that women are under a huge amount of pressure these days in a way that was different to how it was 100 years ago. I'm not saying it's more or less. I'm saying it's different. So maybe we aren't on our hands and knees scrubbing floors. Some of us are. I wish I wasn't, but some of us are. Um and looking after 10 children at home. But actually now we're in the workplace and still running the home. The mental burden of running the home, the the default parent is generally the woman still. Um, And so women have just taken on more. It's not that men are doing equal amounts. Men are doing what they always did. Women are doing more. And as a consequence, the stresses and burdens that they have are increased add to that hormones all over the place and we are really kind to kids who go through puberty and we excuse their grumpiness and their irritability and their need to sleep and we are not kind to each other um, in our 40s and 50s. I mean 100% spot on. I feel like my hormones since having children are all over the place in the sense that before I had kids I did I was aware of a menstrual cycle But, oh, my God, the moods now. And a lot of my friends are agreeing with me where they're basically saying, 
around that sort of fertile period, mid-cycle, I feel amazing, you know, really, really good, much more sort of higher sex drive, just much more vivacious than I've ever felt before. But then, oh, my God. And the progesterone hits. Oh, it's just I'm awful for then. It's hell for everyone around me, mainly for myself, because the only thing I seem to be good at at that time is like hating on everything that I do. <laughs> Um, and I just it's, it's, it's not fun I'm not laughing no, at you no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at that I found something I'm really amazing at um, eating chocolate cake before or, my period yeah really good at that yeah I think that we underestimate the impact of PMS mm-hmm. on women um, I think and we underestimate the impact of progesterone in general on women and that can include um, contraception as well that, mm-hmm. that for some women the progesterone component can really uh, make them feel like they've got PMS the whole time um, to the extent that for some women um, we who get really really bad PMS they go on antidepressant medication for two weeks of each month um, and whilst that's not normally how we use antidepressants at all we would often say they take four to six weeks to even start working and so you think why would it work for two weeks at a time out of a month but it seems to really respond to those changes in the in that menstrual cycle and we are have receptors for estrogen, testosterone and progesterone all over our bodies, including our brains. That means that we have symptoms related to estrogen, progesterone and testosterone, be that through your menstrual cycle or be that uh, perimenopausally or postmenopausally when you've got less of those hormones, that we will have symptoms throughout all of our body, especially our brain. And so that's what I need to tell my other half, (laughs) basically. (laughs) That's why I'm so awful to live with for two weeks. But I love the idea that you've um, said, fine, you know, you can get you can get help for anything that you're going through and why suffer in silence. So they're aware of hot flushes and night sweats, but they're not necessarily aware of joint pains, headaches, palpitations, loss of libido, fatigue, insomnia. And then if you go to the psychological side, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, um, difficulties with memory and concentration, it's what we call the menopausal brain fog. And then I can put insomnia, um, fatigue and loss of libido on the psychological side as well. And then people notice the aesthetics. So they'll say, oh, I've got a hair growing where I don't want it and a hair falling out on my head and suddenly belly fat so you, where you lay down your fat changes um, and they're aware of those and they attribute those to the menopause but not necessarily the fact that they're having palpitations and panic attacks and if you know and you think oh I remember I was told that if I had headaches or whatever that you're more likely to go and get help for it yeah absolutely and the average age of, an, of the menopause is, is at 51? 51 for your last period. Mm-hmm. But people will have symptoms for anything for about 10 years before. Mm-hmm. And the symptoms that I've just talked about are all what I would call the short-term symptoms mm-hmm. of the menopause. That's not to belittle them, and they can last years. But actually, we then have symptoms later on which are related to the more longer-term estrogen deficiency. And so people will come to me 5, 10 years past the menopause and say, but I've been through and I'm okay. Why do I... And you're telling me now that my recurrent urinary tract infections or my vag- vaginal dryness or burning or painful sex is due to the ch- is due to the menopause, which it is, or even 20 years later when we're talking about heart disease, dementia and osteoporosis. And so we need to th- look at the menopause almost as a longer term estrogen deficiency state and how to manage that, mm. be that with hormone or without. And I think it's also important to talk about women who go through the menopause much earlier than we might expect and maybe some of our listeners today will have gone through or will know somebody 
and the premature menopause is more common than you would think. So one in a hundred women under the age of 40 will go through a premature menopause, one in a thousand under the age of 30, and one in 10,000 under the age of 20. Now the reason this matters is well, lots of fault. First of all, it has an, potentially has an effect on your fertility. But second of all, you are in that estrogen deficiency state for many extra years than we would expect you to be. And therefore, your risks of osteoporosis, heart disease, and dementia are much higher. And for those women, having HRT until the age of 50, 51 has no added risk at all. You are simply replacing the hormones that would ordinarily be there. And I think it's really important to know that if your periods have started and they are regular or whatever your cycle is, if they stop for more than six months, you have to go to the doctor. And I'm not saying it is definitely the menopause, mm. but it's really important that we check out why mm. and then we do something about it. Let's talk quickly about sex and masturbation because obviously Meg Matthews, that's when it was first on my radar. And I love... Um, I just love these blips in the system where you hear about women's health through a channel you're not expecting. So, you know, massive Britpop fan and obviously follow Meg Matthews. And when she started to talk about the menopause, it really was the first time that it was properly on my radar. So all credit to her for doing that. And she talked about and got headlines for talking about masturbation has helped me with my menopausal symptoms. And I've seen that you also have written words to that effect and talked about various um, estrogen creams that might help. Yeah. Is that for vaginal dryness? Or? So I think that um, there's a few separate issues there. So the first is, is that around the time of the menopause, your libido often falls through the floor. And that's to do with the loss of estrogen and the loss of testosterone. But loss of libido is never as simple as a hormone or a physical thing or a psychological thing. There's always an interplay between the two. So let's say, for example, you're a man, you've had too much to drink, you can't get it up. Well, the next time you're frightened that you can't get it up. And so you're more likely to have an issue with your erection. Um, and the same is true for women. Oh, sex hurt me today. And next time I'm tense subconsciously but I'm tensing um, and therefore it's more likely to hurt and so there's often this interplay and if you're feeling depressed or anxious you've got issues with body confidence around the time of the menopause you're not going to feel very sexy on top of those changes in hormones but vaginal dryness is a huge problem that we don't talk about so itching burning constant soreness and then when you add in the friction of sex that's really painful and lots of the sexual lubricants that are available over the counter on the high street are not appropriate, especially for postmenopausal women, but they're not really brilliant for anyone's vagina. So if they're containing things like glycerin, which is really sticky, but it's sweet, and sweet makes you prone to thrush, if it contains alcohol, which is drying, if they're hyperosmolar, it affects how the lubrication in the vagina itself is. Um, and so brands that you just sort of go into your local pharmacy and get are not always the best, while something like Yes or Silk um, are much better and they don't have any of the irritants in them. We can use vaginal moisturizers and brands such as Yes are actually available on prescription um, from your doctor. And then we talk about vaginal estrogen. So this is an estrogen cream or an estrogen pessary that goes inside the vagina. Technically, and I say this sort of technically, it's a form of HRT because it's hormone, but it only acts locally. And so it really doesn't seem to get absorbed into the body. And using estrogen cream in the vagina for a whole year is the same as taking two tablets of HRT. So the risks mm -hmm. are negligible mm -hmm. to the extent that the Royal Colleges are sort of saying, 
don't worry about them. Um, and what the estrogen does is essentially it plumps those cells back up and makes them able to produce lubrication again. But in doing so, not only is sex less painful, but you'll get rid of that constant burning fire itchy soreness down below and fewer recurrent urinary tract infections. And vaginal estrogen can be life-changing for women. If the vagina has essentially become so dry and inelastic, it can almost sort of begin to shrink. And that's where sex toys can be really useful. So I don't know if you've ever talked about vaginismus on, on here before, but vaginismus is a condition where there's an involuntary spasm of the vagina, which means that penetration is really difficult and really painful. And on the NHS, we talk about dilators. Um, and the ones that you sort of get online are these plastic things that look like what you were taught to put a condom on at school. Um, and they don't feel like penis does at all. Um, and there's no positive feedback from them. And if you were to use a silicon sex toy, and you can get silicon sex toys in dilator sets that start from sort of as thin as like a cigarette or a tampon, and then work your way up, add to that an external clitoral stimulator or an internal stimulator inside that dilator, you're gonna, it's going to help you relax, and you're going to get some positive feedback. And so suddenly, even the dilation is no longer just about pain, but about something that you might actually then come to enjoy and so it's really important that we talk about all kinds of things and what I find really sad in a way is that how many of my patients sort of feel that as a doctor we have to give them permission mm. to do that mm -hmm. um, we know that orgasms are good for you mm. however you get them does female pleasure matter and why female pleasure is hugely important and the idea that it wouldn't be really harks back to what I was saying about what a sort of paternalistic society we live in. There's no such thing as the male hygiene aisle. There's a feminine hygiene aisle. Mm. Even saying the word feminine hygiene implies that we're dirty for having periods. Um, you know, and research by the Eve Appeal has shown that that women can't name their, their genitals, um, never mind giving it a baby name, they just can't name it at all. If you can't name it, why would you look after it? And if you can't look after it, why not? earth would you get pleasure from it and why shouldn't we um you know the clitoris is the only organ in both men and women which is solely for pleasure it's there let's investigate it let's use <laughs> it um but first of all we have to look after our health absolutely and it's all part and parcel of the same thing really isn't yeah. it because sexual wellness is wellness part of health. yeah so the world health organization definition of health is not just about physical health but mental health and financial stability and sort of satisfaction and all of these other things it's you know because you can be as fit as you like but if you haven't got a roof over your head and you haven't got food on the table you're not going to be healthy um, and so that includes sexual health and sexual happiness as well in whatever form it is that you go and get it and we do not talk about female pleasure but we most especially don't talk about older female pleasure and there is absolutely no reason why women should be putting up with bad sex painful sex or no sex you heard it here listeners so please you are worth it go and talk to your gp if any of these issues come up for you and read dr philippa k's wonderful book so thank you so much for talking to us and people can find you on Instagram, can they, or so Twitter? So they can find me on Instagram and at Twitter um, on at Dr. Philippa K. And the book is The M Word, Everything You Need to Know About the Menopause. And it is available online and from bookstores. Off you go and buy it now. Hanneke, what, what are you reading at the moment? 
Um, oh, it's interesting that you've asked me that, Cherry. I was hoping you would, actually. Um, I'm reading this really good book by the Hotbed Collective. It's called More Orgasms, Please. I've heard that's really bloody brilliant. It's really brilliant. I mean, it's not in the Sunday Times bestseller list yet, but I've heard, and I did actually go to a tarot reader, it will be in the Sunday Times bestseller list. I feel it deep down in my loins that it will be. Um, yeah. What What can you expect for a book that sounds as good as that? Well, it's got a whole load of tips and advice on how to improve your sex life, how to have more orgasms, how to put bad sex behind behind you. Um, it's got a lot of funny jokes in it. Um, and it's coming out in paperback in very soon, in April, I think. Oh, do you know what? I think I actually have read that book, coincidentally, just off the cuff. It's brilliant and funny and everyone should buy it. Um, yeah. And a few people, I think Michelle Obama, in fact, said that it was the best book she'd ever read in her entire life. I, I might not be right on that. That might just be a rumour, just but- for legal reasons, I have to say that. I never considered taking HRT, but I know... I have uh, friends who've taken HRT and they credit it with saving them. And so, yeah. you know, what, it, whatever works for you, right? I feel what works for me, what has worked yeah, for me you've... has been yoga, yeah. meditation, where you're happy, um, rediscovering my love of fashion, um, my diet. I don't drink as much as I used to, Mm-mm-mm. which I never thought I'd say. I'm not going to lie. Um, but when I have an alcoholic drink, I commit myself to have a hot flush within three minutes. That's fact. <laughs> it's like, and I'll so drink, I fu- but I will suffer. Yeah. So, so, you know, my weakness is launches with free Prosecco. <laughs> oh, sounds good. I know. I'm, this is, like, you know, like... Free Prosecco's in and I'm hot flushing for England. And speaking of hot flushes, and finally, because we've got to wrap it up, is that I saw a comedian called Jen Brister. I don't know if you've come across her. She's written a book called The Other Mother and she's just so funny. And she's, um, she described hot flushes as like being microwaved from the inside. Oh, wow. That's she, brilliant. She said, when I went through, she goes, because she's going through the menopause, she was like, going through the menopause has, or it must be the perimenopause actually, um, she said it's made her have some sympathy for... Do you remember that viral video of the woman that threw a cat in a bin? Mm, she mm, was like, that mm. woman was clearly going through the yeah, menopause and yeah, I understand how yeah. that happened. And, and this is the thing. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. So I now think about, you know, all the things that I was going through. Tingly legs were my thing. I have tingly legs. And when I first got tingly legs, especially at night, I would be up at three o'clock in the morning Googling tingly legs and thinking I was dying. Because mm. if you Google menopause symptoms, you get, there's a lot of stuff. I don't recommend it. But I feel that also, yeah, hot flushes, are, um, they're very uncomfortable. And my tip is to walk with a fan, have hot water, wear layers. But the the thing that makes them uncomfortable is not trying not to let people know you're having them. And the reason we try not to let people know is because menopause has always been the butt of somebody else's joke. Mm -hmm. And if you admit your menopausal, then you'd have to admit that you're a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. The biggest lesson I've learned from menopause is talking about it and being absolutely open and transparent about the fact that I won't remember what you said the minute I turn my back Mm. because I have menopausal brain. And I don't care how old you think I am, but, you know... I feel that if you if you're honest about this, then more and more people, more and more women will feel empowered to be honest about it, which mm. means you won't feel so shit about it. Mm. I think a lot of this stuff feels worse and scary because we're scared to let people know how old we are, and that's absolute bollocks. It doesn't matter how old you are. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I know. And you also, know. that's the other. Sorry to bring up Instagram again, but 
I made friends with Anki, Cherry, you, loads of people. I didn't really, I had, mm. I didn't care how old they were. Yeah. Didn't care how old you were. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have found out unless it had come up. Doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter. And we have to get over that. Mm. We, yeah, a deep sigh. <laughs> we have to get over that. I, we have to just, in anything can be scary if we don't know enough about it. The mm. more we talk about it, the more we, I don't want to say admit, own mm. what is happening. It allows other people and other women to do the same thing. And then I feel that, you know, everybody, most women I speak to who aren't menopausal say that they're scared of it. Mm. And I have to reassure you, yes, there are, the symptoms can be scary and there is, can be some horrendous ones as well. But at the same time, horrendous things can happen you, to you in your 20s sure. and in your 30s. Sure. Menopause isn't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we really and truly, we can deal with it and... You know, when you own it and you move through it, my goodness, it's liberating. It really is. Thank you for blazing a trail for us, Karen. Bloody hell. Thanks for listening to The Hotbed. Um, We really like to hear your points of view, but only if they're positive. So please like, review and subscribe. Um, Share it as much as you like. So please tell your friends about us and uh, and hopefully we will move up the iTunes charts and take over the world. Thank you. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.